Welcome to What We Give, a podcast that highlights the remarkable ways people are contributing to our community. I'm John McKay, a member of Parliament for Scarborough Guildwood. This episode will feature Liz Buller, the President and CEO of the Scarborough Health Network, the third largest health network in Ontario. Liz and I discuss the impact of the pandemic on Scarborough and how immediate and concrete steps are being taken to mitigate the impact of any potential second waves. Here's my fascinating conversation with Liz. Liz, welcome to this chat. Um, Thank you. Uh, Liz, Liz has a, uh, uh, a nursing degree from McMaster, and she picked up a degree from UBC in health administration, and she picked up a degree in, at Royal Roads in some leadership, something or other, and all before she was 14 years of age. That's, that's really quite an amazing accomplishment, uh, Liz. So, um, and it does speak to the, uh, to the um, amazing experience that you have had. But you were, you were, um, were you born and raised in London or you were, you were just raised in London? I actually was born in Glasgow, Scotland and oh, immigrated really? to uh, Canada in the 60s. And we, our family immigrated to Scarborough in the 60s. And I often tell at our staff town halls how my Auntie Wilma still lives across the street from the general. And uh, it's not infrequent that she'll call me on a Friday evening to let me know how the emergency department is working out <laughs> with some advice. So, uh, we know where yeah, you are. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've got a lot of family still around. But no, when we immigrated from, from uh, Scotland, we immigrated to Scarborough. So it's, it's got a long history for us, a long, a long history of family who were treated in all three of the hospitals that I now support. So it's, it's very near and dear to me. Really? So where, where were you raised in Scarborough? Or how long did you stay in Scarborough after you came yeah, from Scarborough? So, um, our family first came to Scarborough and uh, every, every one of the siblings uh, of my mom's side of the family stayed in Scarborough, but my parents actually then moved on to London, Ontario. So, uh, well, hop, skipped and jumped through St. Catharines and other spaces, and, and then mostly was uh, in London, Ontario. And, and that's where I finished my uh, high school years and then went on to Hamilton and McMaster to get my nursing degree. Yeah. Um, did you know that uh, London and I think Winnipeg are the two cities in Canada where uh, they launch new products? Because if it if it goes uh, well in London, then it'll go well in the rest of the country. So uh, it's a it's a lovely little city. It's yeah, almost as, well, it's almost as nice as Scarborough. It is. It is as nice. Well, Scarborough's just got it gets better and better. Actually, I think. But um, here's the irony: I also lived in Winnipeg for a number of years. Oh. <laughs> My father's work took him to places that were testing things so yeah. to exactly what you said so spent a few years in Winnipeg as well and uh, also a great city loved it but uh, uh, happy to be back in Ontario. Well before you arrived back in Scarborough which as we all know is the center of the universe you've had a an interesting kind of hop skip and jump around the country as well and I won't dwell on the on the uh, the, the lost time out on the west coast 
but uh, <laughs> but here uh, you were, uh, I guess, the chief nurse at the uh, Osler, and um, I guess that leads to jokes about Nurse Cratchit and stuff like that. But we better not go there, or people might be offended. And then you uh, then you were involved in, I guess, the uh, the friendly merger at St. Joe's. So tell me about that. How did that go? Yeah, so um, my first CEO job was being the CEO of uh, St. Joe's Health Centre in Toronto. It was a great privilege. I was there for five years. But having worked in the West Coast, really uh, recognized standalone organizations as hospitals today isn't the, the best model. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so really looked from when I started there of how do we integrate to support a stronger structure. So worked very closely with Dr. Bob Howard at St. Mike's and um, Providence Healthcare to integrate those systems across the Catholic healthcare system, which was is a very important system, but also um, uh, acute care. It, it just offered us an opportunity of, of uh, having secondary, tertiary, quaternary, and uh, rehab and long-term and palliative care all integrated into one system. So we spent a, a number of years looking at how do we create a more efficient system uh, using our, our physical, uh, human and physical resources the best way possible. And it was a voluntary uh, integration. So it, it worked out very well. And now they are now Unity Health, uh, mm. led by Dr. Tim Rutledge. So uh, I think uh, all uh, really in the best interest of patients in the community and using our, our resources that are entrusted to us by the public uh, to be making sure we can invest more in healthcare. There's, as you know, better than any of us as a, as a leading politician, there are no new dollars and, and we're just continually moving them around. And so in Ontario, when we're spending greater than $61 billion in healthcare, um, we need to find ways to use that uh, most effectively. And I believe having integrated organizations where we can uh, merge our back offices, integrate our clinical services and programs uh, is the right way to go. And uh, we were able to do that with St. Joe's, St. Mike's and Providence Healthcare in a voluntary way. And then I had the privilege of, of coming into Scarborough Health Network where it was a mandatory merger across our organizations. But actually the organization has now come to see the benefits of uh, where we can really uh, build the best uh, healthcare system in the country for Scarborough. I, I, uh, I uh, see, I assume that uh, because you've done the St. Joe's project, that that's why they uh, recruited you to do the Scarborough project. But I think actually it, it has more to do with the fact that you can herd docs. And uh, if, you can, if you can herd doctors, you can herd anything. Uh, so uh, that, that I assume has its unique challenges. Just out of, out of curiosity, uh, what, what, is, what is it that um, uh, enables you as a, um, um, a nurse, as a uh, healthcare professional, as a uh, experienced CEO, um, how do you get the docs all to buy into um, what is, um, there was a project that was, had a few friction points, shall we say, to put it a little delicately. So how, how did you uh, get past those friction points and heard the docs in the right direction? 
Well, I, I, it takes a team for sure. I, I certainly can't take credit for that. Uh, it uh, really means listening a lot, bringing all the right people together, and that included our physician leaders. And so often it's, uh, you know, communication is a huge challenge. And so getting uh, to the front line of even physicians uh, is, is not easy. And that was, that's a big part of making sure the frontline physicians believe they're heard, they're engaged, they're involved in the decision-making. And so uh, that was a big part of the success ultimately of, of meeting the needs of serving the greater Scarborough. So you're referring to our women's and children's program um, that we integrated onto two sites uh, because we had three large programs across Scarborough and um, they were not efficient because you just don't have that volume of resources. And so we were able to um, ultimately move resources across the three sites to serve Scarborough better. But we absolutely had to take the time to meet with our physicians and um, the frontline clinicians to hear what their concerns were. And not just the physicians, uh, actually the community had a huge say. The Scarborough community is, is uh, a very, very engaged community and uh, has a very strong voice and uh, very much cares that they're making sure they get their needs met. And so we had to make sure we took time to hear from them as well. And we made a commitment that uh, once we uh, implemented that program, that we would also report back within a year. So this fall, we'll report back to the community, the effectiveness, what's working well with the integration mm -hmm. and what yeah. we need to change. And um, you know what? We've, we've done okay. We have people like Councillor Karajanis uh, on our team. <laughs> and he was... Uh, probably the, the largest voice opposed to us and and he is uh we're we're on board we have a commitment because uh, we really all do have the same thing in mind and when you can get people to understand we all have the same common interest uh, of patient care and and the health of our community if we can get around that and then we just listen to each other um and uh, take risks, get out of our comfort zone, we, we can move those things ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, Jim and I go back to um, uh, when I was first elected in 1997, and um, um, being in and out of a comfort zone is probably a, 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 good, uh, a good phrasing when it comes to my friend Jim. Now, I take note that um, this was the this is now the third largest health network in ontario is that correct that's correct yeah yeah we're one now, of i imagine not many people in Scar uh, in scarborough know that you, know, you, uh, you are ahead of the third third largest health network and the other thing that i've found interesting with uh, the hospitals over the years is that the the level of specialization um, is is really quite remarkable? Um, the cardiac uh, um, facility under I think Dr. Joe Ricci is quite a remarkable um, um, expansion. I mean, I, I, no, a development I guess over quite a number of years. And again, people don't realize the 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 diagnostic talent and capability that's that's there right in our own community. You're absolutely right. And, and uh, it's part of what we're really working at is uh, really uh, telling our story and um, 
you know, when I was at uh, St. Joe's Health Center, Sister Roberta said, pride is only a sin if it's about yourself. You're allowed to brag about your organization. And, yeah. um, and uh, so I've been trying to carry that forward here at Scarborough Health Network. We have a whole bunch of hidden gems and programs and we keep our heads down and we do great work, uh, but we don't share our story big enough. And so being the third largest community uh, health network teaching hospital, uh, we need to get that message out there. And we have uh, one of the uh, top cardiac programs in the, in the province, mm -hmm. uh, one of the largest programs. We do everything with the exception of cardiac surgery uh, within our center. And, and in fact, it's in our plan to be bringing in cardiac surgery within the next five to 10 years as well, because my goal is I truly believe the, the size of Scarborough and we support um, the central East Lynn area, uh, the East and, and North, people shouldn't have to go downtown for the care except for ex right. exceptional care that's uh, highly specialized services. We should be able to build that capacity between uh, Scarborough, Lake Ridge Health, Peterborough, so that people in the Northern regions uh, can get their care without having to go downtown. At Scarborough Health Network, we have the region regional uh, cardiac program. We have a regional vascular program. So all of the vascular thoracic surgery or vascular surgery is done there. We also have the regional um, eye, eye program as well. So ophthalmology program. So huge programs that uh, we're serving vast regions outside of Scarborough who come to us for care. And, and you're absolutely right. People don't know. Uh, it's, it's some of the best hidden secrets of well, speaking of people who, uh, things people, and particularly in Scarborough, but generally don't know is, is as, as I introduced you, I was saying that, you know, this is a series of, of chats of people doing interesting things in, in Scarborough. So prior to you, I was, uh, had an interview with um, Wisdom Teddy, the principal at UTSC. And he was saying that in the last 10 years, the top undergraduate scholar in the entire University of Toronto system has been at UTSC. That's pretty. Uh, how many people in Scarborough know that? Um, <laughs> and and uh, our our mutual friend Craig Stevenson. I interviewed him, uh, and you know he's pretty proud of his institution, and rightly so because on the satisfaction index um, KPI, I think it's called. Uh, Centennial rates as the top institution in all of the GTA. And here we have a fantastic hospital network. We have a fantastic university. We have a fantastic college program, all sitting in Scarborough. And folks don't necessarily know it. So um, uh, you, are, you are part of a Holy Trinity, uh, Liz. <laughs> well, and, and I don't know if they mentioned, but we actually work together as what we call our anchor, anchor institutions. So along with Wisdom and Craig, we also work with the zoo, uh, who's doing oh, incredible yeah. things, Dolph de Jong, um, yeah. in helping with health and wellness and looking at how do we help seniors and how do we connect families and um, doing just phenomenal work uh, with the pathways in the outdoor world. And, and I know you know all of what they've been doing uh, just to support 
especially during times of pandemic, uh, you know, online resources, but now drive throughs the park. But uh, we work together as anchor institutions and we want to uh, continue to grow that is how do we collectively uh, enrich, enrich Scarborough uh, together and, and start to share exactly what you're talking about, those stories that people don't know enough. We are, we are one of the most sought after um, health networks for family residents to choose to come to uh, Scarborough Health Network to get their residency training programs because the, the general hospitals are, is real life. Very few right. people go on to become neurosurgeons. Um, many people end up doing general medicine and working in emergencies or internal medicine or family practice. And being connected to uh, the uh, large general hospitals is really, really important. And in fact, we'll have another graduating class uh, uh, virtual uh, next Friday, which I'll be uh, pleased to uh, speak at. But uh, there are many, many things that we can uh, really celebrate about Scarborough and what's going and, on. And, and you have a diversity of population, which um, is um, an underappreciated resource. Um, and uh, and uh, I've heard, I've talked to other docs and they're, uh, they quite enjoy being in and around Scarborough because of the ability to, uh, to deal with particular di disease pathologies unique to um, the, the diversity of the population. Yeah, okay. and to that, one of the things that we're doing, working with U of T Scarborough and the University of Toronto, is really is looking to build an academy uh, in Scarborough as an academy of the U of T of University of Toronto to support uh, ongoing healthcare professional development, both physicians, physician assistants, and uh, nurses and allied health workers. So that's in the works and uh, it's uh, being tabled at the ministry and we're looking forward uh, to that because we know that if you uh, train people in the community and they, 80% uh, will stay in the community. And mm. that means we have a much more diversified workforce in our, in our healthcare environment as well. Yeah. Um, I'd love to carry on the conversation about uh, anchors in the in in Scarborough because we could talk about the zoo, which is an anchor. We could talk about the Rouge Park, which is another anchor. We'd love to be able to get that Metaway project, which uh, would run uh, uh, near your uh, near the hospital. Uh, well, actually, uh, to the west of the grounds, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, going and uh, and these are all great great uh, assets but um, uh, let me let me turn to the issue that um, was on our our call last week and that was uh, you know Scarborough has unfortunately been a hot spot for um, the, uh, the the breakout of the of COVID and um, largely centered in the nursing homes in the in the Guildwood Extended Care and Altamont and Seven Oaks and and um, and uh, it's it's concerning. It's absolutely concerning. And when you started talking about, you know, the various uh, primary, secondary, tertiary, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth um, levels of healthcare, um, it it sort of fits into your thinking as uh, as to what is the role of the uh, senior medical 
uh, entity in Scarborough with respect to um, the, uh, the health issues that have arisen in, in COVID. And I'd be interested in your, your reflections, not only on what's happened, but also uh, your reflections on what, uh, you know, if there is a second wave, are we, are, we, are we better prepared for it? Because I think that would be of keen interest to people who will be listening to what we have to talk about. Yeah, thanks. Very, very timely and important question. Uh, we see ourselves as, as the Scarborough Health Network, uh, you know, supporting all of Scarborough as really having a pivotal role in supporting um, all of our community agencies and our community um, to be as healthy as possible. And, and uh, while traditionally hospitals have been seen as catcher's mitts, you know, you just deal with what comes in, into your in your door, we see ourselves as much more externally focused as well and partnering with those agencies. So um, we've, we have partnered very closely with public health, with our long-term care homes and our community agencies. Fortunately, we had our Ontario health teams had, had been started early on. So we have um, actually an excellent relationship with every community agency and our primary care physicians in, in Scarborough. Um, some stronger, some weaker, but we have connections to all of them. With regards to long-term care homes, we, we stepped in early. Uh, Scarborough has a huge volume. Uh, we have 22 long-term care homes within Scarborough. Uh, and I think just over uh, about a dozen uh, residential care homes. The, uh, we, we directly support 20 of the long-term care homes. Two of them sit on the borders of North York and, and um, Toronto East and so supported by Michael Guerin and North York. However, so 20 homes. Uh, so we set up actually early on an incident command center to support all those homes with a, a palette of uh, what, what are their needs and how can we support them to really protect our community and protect the homes. And so we've been doing that now for about eight weeks, led by our executive vice president, Dr. Bert Lowers. Um, and that has been going exceptionally well and, and actually worked really well in that, yes, Altamont uh, had a major outbreak and, and extended care is in outbreak, um, uh, but it worked well in that we already had relationships built and, and what were the necessary um, areas that we needed to go in and help provide them to support. So infectious disease, environmental services, professional practice, so nursing models of care. Um, what were the areas, uh, nutrition services, et cetera. So uh, again, we used it as a menu for each of those homes uh, and all our other homes who um, aren't necessarily uh, in an outbreak or being put into by the ministry asked to have voluntary management agreements. So. Uh, we're overseeing Altamont and extended care, both in a good position, uh, working very well collaboratively, ex exceptional integration of our leadership teams to move them forward. All of us have the same uh, goal in mind, the safety of the staff and the patients. Uh, but we see Scarborough Health Network sees that that's a big part of our role. And we see that um, when this, when the pandemic, and it will, we will get through this together and it will go away. 
that it's actually forced relationships of integration and health system thinking that we've been talking about and nipping away at the edges for years. Uh, it's pushed us, it's forced us to have to do it in a very uh, expedient way in order to uh, move forward and get out of these outbreaks. So if we, if we were having this conversation a year from now, yeah. what would Liz Buller's role be that's different than what she is doing today? And, um, and would you be in effect responsible for more institutions? Yeah, great, great question. So I'll, I'll declare my bias. I really do believe in an integrated health system that runs more like the regional health authority model. And there are pros and cons to that. But I do believe in that hub and spoke that um, I, I think the siloed model of having long term right. care, acute care, everything separate uh, has shown itself to not the flaws and the weaknesses yep. when, when crisis hits. So I do see that whether it's the hospital or creating a regional health authority, that there has to be uh, one master and, and then the, there's a hub and spoke model out of there. So whether it's an accountable care organization type of model, uh, a provincial regional health authority, we need much more integration and we need one, one leader who brings all of those together and does not have separate streams. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, when you um, think about that, um, do you see it as a, a different role for uh, levels of government? So there's been some people pressing the federal government to become more involved under the um, uh, Health Canada Act. Do you see that as, uh, as a potential um, or is that um, a conversation that really you don't think is a necessary conversation? Yeah, I guess my buy, I, I actually think the federal government is uh, doing a good job of where, where they are and they need to stay at a very 170,000 foot level of national strategies around seniors care or pharma care, whatever those are. And that these areas are very provincial uh, with, with federal support. So, I don't think we need the federal government to come in and say how we should be, how provinces should run their, their more close provincial systems. I do think we need the federal government to have uh, overarching uh, expectation around seniors' health, pharma care, mental health. Uh, but I yeah. would keep it at that level and not at an at operational provincial level. Yeah, I, th I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I think, I think the idea of a strategy, the idea of setting standards, the idea of uh, universality right across uh, the board and, and uh, of course the funding is always, <laughs> we're always talking funding, but I don't know who's gonna have any money anymore. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Maybe if we know how to make masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, um, we are going to have to leave it there. Uh, this is an interesting conversation. Um, I would anticipate that we might uh, carry on this conversation a few months from now. Um, I'm rather hoping that uh, the comfort um, you've been giving uh, with respect to a second breakout will be, uh, be well-placed comfort 
and that uh, we will be in, we in Scarborough will be much better positioned to make sure that um, uh, deaths are unnecessary and outbreaks are unnecessary. And I particularly appreciate your uh, role in uh, in this and and that of the hospital. So, uh, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to What We Give. I'm John McKay. This podcast was produced by Amanda Cadito with support from Bow Street and Vanessa DeAngelis. If you want to stay up to date with the writing of Scarborough Gilwood, sign up for the newsletter on johnmckaymp.on.ca.